Jackson. Hi, Zach. We're performing in front of a live audience today. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be stressful. Imagine if our jokes don't land and we get to see it like in actually happen. I set a whole system <laughs> up. These bitches are getting slimed. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we record a podcast and we make a lot of dumb jokes. And we're like, man, that was so funny. And we don't know if people didn't laugh. You are. Wow. You're like, man, this is so funny. That's... I'm like, what is my life? What is Which it is be- funny to what me. What is it because... <laughs> Oh, see. I fixed that. <laughs> Perfect. That's good to know. We have a, we have a market demographic to understand about our humor now. <laughs> the more impaired they are, the more more funny we are. Oh yeah, Hundo P. I uh, mean, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're hanging out today. You have a cool Superman movie plot you wanted to get off your chest. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You forgot about that? You're so excited <laughs> about that. I was just like, I was just home from work one day. <laughs> I was like, oh, what about this? Superman, what if? Yeah. Well, what if? You want to start there? Why not? What else are we going to start on? Okay. So, uh, come with me, if you will. <laughs> on a journey? Yeah. Pure imagination. So, it's not like a sequel to Man of Steel. Um, come at it from the perspective of, like, similar to Matt Reeves, like you're just doing a Superman movie He's just in its own existing. continuity. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my Superman would be in like year two. He's been Superman for a while. Okay. <clears throat> He's never done like an interview or like talked to anybody. So like, He's what like Superman is is like this guy has shown up a few times and like saved people from shit. Um, and they're like, what is going on? There's all these conspiracy theories. I think the government created him. So no Clark Kent. No Clark Kent is around. Oh. So Clark is living in Metropolis. He's trying to date Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. He knows he's an alien, but he's never met another Kryptonian. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know anything about it, really. He has the ship that he came to Earth in, like mm-hmm. in his parents' uh, attic in the barn. Yep. And he's got his costume, which is like the blanket that they sent with him, but it's also like a smart garment that like, ah. forms itself around him and creates a Superman suit. Oh, that's interesting. That'd be very interesting. Okay, yeah, continue. So I have this whole thing with Kryptonian technology where it's all grown, where it's like organic metals and shit. Oh, okay. So the suit just grows onto him. Kind of like Iron Man suit, I guess. A little bit, yeah. Okay. But so basically, that's how he like wears it under his clothes and stuff. Instead of having like this full-on suit underneath his yeah. business attire. Yeah, that's it fair. just like forms itself around him. I like that. Okay. So, uh, the beginning of this movie would be Superman stopping Toy Man from robbing a bank. You really like Toy Man. Yeah, well, I just want, like, do anything in a Superman movie. Like, we've had Lex Luthor and Zod fucking over and over again. For, like, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And an island. Yeah. But the- Lex Luthor grew that island. It's true. God damn it. Uh, so it's, like, Toy Man and, like, like, toy tanks and shit, and he's trying to rob a bank, and Superman shows up. Takes care of it. That's like the big opening action sequence of this movie. And it's how we meet like Superman. You got Perry White, you got Lois Lane. You kind of deal with his whole, like what's going on in his life. He goes home to visit his parents all the time in Smallville. just like flies down there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Both his parents are still alive. Okay. Because I really want to introduce this idea of Superman as somebody who d- doesn't have the trauma of a Batman or a Spider-Man. He didn't have to like fuck up majorly to learn like, hey, maybe I should help people. It's just, like, who he is. It's just he's a nice guy. Yeah, he just does the right thing. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that too. And I like this very like blue collar approach to Superman where like oh this plane's crashing, I need to go like stop it from doing that before I finish writing this article for the Daily Planet. Like he's just like like you know what's fun about Hellboy? It's like he's fighting demons and he's like, Fuck, oh, yeah. like this sucks. Another demon. <laughs> yeah. I do like that too. He's like, oh, another plane. Yeah, like, oh shit, like, okay. Yeah. Let me go take care of this. Because that's kinda how he would be. He's like a he's a small <laughs> yeah. farmer. Boy. And and Clark Kent is who he is. It's not when he's Clark Kent, he's not doing this like really over the top like nerdy thing. Like nerdy thing. That's just he's just that guy and he's a little bit naive, but he's very po- unflinchingly polite. That's just the guy he is. Um and Superman is just what he can do. Yeah, he doesn't actually pause for pictures. He's just like in yeah. out gone. Exactly. That's fun. Um so there's that big opening scene and then Clark Kent has gotten his biggest assignment for the Daily Planet that he's gotten so far. He's going to interview this guy, Lex Luthor. Mm. And Lex Luthor is, you know, he's Jeff Bezos. Okay. Like, he's super rich guy, he's super smart. People, you know, not quite buying his bullshit, but... <laughs> they're, they kind of don't have a choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like, eh, damn it. Yeah, it's like this guy. Um... So he goes to interview Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor is, like, super personable. He seems like a really great dude. Yeah. And he sits down with him, and he's like, you know what, Mr. Kent, you and I have the same problem. We have an image problem. Oh, boy. And he's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you're Lex, you're the richest man, richest, smartest man in the world. You're Lex Luthor. I'm a reporter. He's like, no, you're not. You're Superman. He just knows. And Clark, you know, like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, like, stumbling over his words. He's like, stop, 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 stop. You're Superman. It was not hard for me to figure this out. I just watched you once. <laughs> but, you know, like, you and I, we do a lot for people, and nobody really, like, appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Here's the, the thing. Like, you're responding to emergencies. You're like a firefighter. Toy man? Like, that's what a waste of your, like, talent and potential. And so the first act of this movie is Lex Luthor, like, sponsoring Superman. Oh, and that's pretty... Okay. Like, Lex Luthor's, like, sending him places. He's averting, like, major ecological disasters. He's helping people. He's also maybe low-key, without knowing it, involved in some corporate sabotage. Probably. He's taking out, like, maybe Lex Luthor's competitors without knowing it. But... Ultimately, Lex Luthor sends him to help repair this satellite that's about to crash back onto into Earth orbit. Mm-hmm. So he goes out. It's a, a deep orbit satellite. Like, it's really far out there. Him going out there and fixing this satellite gets the attention of a hyper-artificial intelligence called Brainiac. Yay! Ah, we need Brainiac in our lives. Mm-hmm. Brainiac comes to Earth because he sees the last Kryptonian is there. Yeah. Brainiac is a collector of things. He's got a menagerie on his skull ship. Are you keeping the story that he's the reason that... Yes. Okay. So, but he's got a menagerie on his skull ship. He's got museums dedicated to cultures across the galaxy. Yes. All these different animals, all these different things. He's got a room that's all Krypton. So he comes to Earth as like, I am Brainiac. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to meet... Kal-El of Krypton, who is calling this Earth his home. Superman's like, oh my god, like another, like he knows about, like, Kal-El? What is that? Yeah. Brainiac has a recording that was sent out by Jor-El mm. 
as Krypton was exploding. This is Kal-El of Krypton. He will be a treasure to your world. That so kind of shit. The, Clark yeah. is like in tears, like, oh my god, my father. Yeah. Like my culture, Krypton. He's lear- he's kind of, kind of hanging out with Brainiac, kind of learning about Krypton. Lex Luthor is like kind of involved. Like maybe him and Brainiac are like, well, we should trade like ideas and technology. Yeah. Brainiac's like, yeah, okay, sure. I'm sure you have so much to teach me. <laughs> <laughs> Get right on that. S- we slowly find out because Clark is not like he's naive. Yeah. And he wants to see the best in everybody, but he's not an idiot. Which is good. I don't like my Clark to be an idiot. He's an investigative reporter. Yeah. So he starts to like maybe piece some things together. All these worlds are dead worlds. Yeah. Brainiac is a creature that wants to possess all the knowledge in the known universe, Mm -hmm. but he wants to be the only one to have that knowledge. Yeah. Brainiac goes to a civilization, learns everything he can about it, collects some like key pieces and maybe a living specimen, and destroys the planet. Makes sense. So that becomes the villain plot of this movie. Brainiac is gonna like take Clark, <laughs> put him in his menagerie. Mm-hmm. He's got a red so he's got red solar lamps that dampen Superman's powers when he's on the skull ship. Yep. It just makes him normal. He's going to take Superman, maybe take some cool stuff, destroy Earth. Yeah. So Clark now has, you know, through machinations or whatever, maybe they fight They fight or whatever, Brainiac is like this super robot thing that's as strong as Superman maybe, especially on the skull ship. Mm-hmm. He, we get to like a ticking clock situation. Superman has to make the choice to destroy the skull ship which has every remaining vestige of Krypton on it. Oh, okay. So that maybe we've introduced this idea of, like, is he going to go with Brainiac of his own free will? And just like... So we can, like, learn about Krypton, learn about the galaxy. He's never quite felt like he belonged on Earth. He's mm-hmm. always been so curious, because, like, who wouldn't be... True. ...about where he came from. Obviously, he loves his parents. He, like, loves the people in his life, but, like this is a hard choice that he's faced with. Mm-hmm. And then this is like the big decision he has to make. And then ultimately he has to destroy the skull ship, Along destroy Brainiac. Yeah. But you know, it's Superman. So he's also able to save all the creatures. Mm. Yep. Where does he on the skull oh. ship? Oh, and maybe some of the technology. And that's how he builds the fortress of solitude and the fortress of solitude has all like animals. all these animals and stuff in it. It does in the animated series. Mm-hmm. It always has animals. And like, yeah. I love that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And that's how you got him. And that I would like be that. the end of the movie. Perfect. I like that. That's fun. Mm-hmm. They would demand a sequel. Yeah. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Actually, it would be a fun one to have a sequel, because now we get to see the Fortress of Solitude. We get to see like him fully accepting like to defend Earth. And... Sequel, I'd go Bizarro. Has to be. I'd go Bizarro, and it would be Luthor like sabotaging like he helped create this idea of Superman so as like Earth's greatest defender and now he's gonna tear it the fuck down he creates Bizarro does he use the body of Brainiac and that's how you get somebody maybe he uses like some technology but he has he has Clark's genetic material because Clark True. was working with him and trusted him for so long and like even using like you said Brainiac's skeleton body like his robot body which is obviously the strongest Superman mm-hmm. and then just trying to put like but yeah, so he, he bakes this Superman clone, but because he collected the genetic material using tools that Brainiac had, he was able to cut through Superman's skin with mm. kryptonite tools. The genetic material is fucked. Yeah. Because of the 
the influence of the kryptonite. So it's this wrong. This is completely off. This like Frankenstein monster clone of Superman. I love Brainiac. He's so fun. Mm-hmm. Like he's always my favorite in the animated series. Yeah. Um, in that movie, I would have Bizarro, but I would also have Parasite. And which one's Parasite? Parasite is a. Uh, he was like a guy who gets transformed into this like almost like vampire creature. Oh. And he like okay. touches people and yep. sucks their like life force out of them and leaves yeah. them like these like mummified husks almost. Interesting. And it, w- w- he's always trying to get his hands on Superman because Superman has like unlimited the... fucking energy. Yeah. So he's just constantly trying to eat him. Yeah. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, it's never gonna happen. So I want you to be sad now. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I would do with Superman. It's funny that you even like bring this up because there's a lot of question marks to Superman. I know. A lot of question marks. I know. Like, is it time for a full reboot? Call me, WB. Characters up in the air, they're like, we don't want to do them. Yeah. And it's not like everybody has this perception of Superman like he's boring. He's not. Like, Superman's boring because writing can be bad. Superman has the same, like, same problems as Captain America. Yeah, and look how great Captain America turned out in the Marvel movies. Yeah. It's not hard. Like, look at Captain America as a perfect example. Like, yeah. And I think, like, we could really use Superman right now, because you know what Superman is? Superman is the embodiment of the American dream as it should be. Yep. Superman is an immigrant. Yep. Superman came to this country with nothing. The ultimate immigrant. <laughs> brought what was great about his culture. Yeah. And helped make our society better. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> well, I mean, Superman was... Yeah, Superman's been used for a lot of things. Superman was used as uh, World War II, like, cheer-up propaganda. Yeah, they all were. So was Batman. Yeah. Superman did the, I don't want to say the best, but definitely the best. He had the most popular, like, punching Hitler in the face. like Slap a Jap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's not forget about that. Yeah. Well, that was propaganda times. There's some horrible shit that America did during World War II. Let's not uh, overlook it. in between World uh, War I and World War II. Japanese internment. Yep. We just kind of held them there. Nobody made a big deal about it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> we did the same thing. We just, this is your home now. Mm-hmm. We do it a lot. Look what's going on now. We do it a lot. Yeah, we're very, yes, but anyways. Yeah, we yeah we do need him. And then, I just don't know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be Henry Cavill again, which I'm excited for. Yeah. I think that's official. So. Like Henry Cavill. Which means I hope he doesn't get Bond, because then I want him to be Superman. Tom Hardy. Dude, so we did a mock-up of Tom Hardy, like, in the Bond, like, everything. He looks dope. Yeah. He looks like a very fun Bond. He would be great. Like He'd be he, a great Bond. He is, like, even more... People said, like, uh, Daniel Craig was, like, kind of a fighter Bond. Like, he looks like he could fight a you. Scrappy Bond, yeah. Yeah. Like, Tom Hardy's even more yeah. that. <laughs> he looks like he could just straight take you to the ground and, like, knock you out. Yeah. So, I'd be down for it. And he's kind of, like, shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm just excited to see what they do. I'm, I really want to see No Time to Die. Mmm. <laughs> No, we have to wait till Easter. I know. It looks so good. They have a really fun villain. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting his name, but I like the actor. Rami Malek. Yep. Freddie Mercury himself. <laughs> that movie wasn't his fault. That movie's not good. <laughs> not his fault. But I love Queen. <laughs> yep. And he's a good actor. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to see him do this like kind of like tech yeah. kind of Bond but villain. I want to see how they're going to separate him, because he seems really similar to the villain Javier Bardem played in Skyfall. I feel like just most villains now, most super villains are just tech guys. Yeah. Like it's, well, it's just, so easy. It, I know, but it's like it's it's so hard to be like, what else are they gonna be? Tech runs everything, so of course they're tech. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's tough because I mean that even started in um, Pierce Brosnan's uh, World is Not Enough. No, no. Oh man. That is a Pierce Brosnan. It is, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. Um, 
where like it ends on the boat in the China Sea, like that weird like double boat black. Oh, um, tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never dies. That was the first one to introduce somebody who's like more of a tech. Yeah, and genius. he was like a uh, he was like an evil, a more evil. Uh, Steve Jobs. Ted, I was no, I was gonna say um, Ted Turner. Yeah. Yeah, he was like a media or, giant. Yeah, or exactly. Or who's the uh, who's the Australian guy who owns Fox? Oh yes, Rupert Ver- Murdoch. Yeah, he was like a more evil Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, it was very interesting, but it was like it was the first one to take almost like a very modern techie guy would be the Bond villain, mm-hmm. and it's kind of run that way ever since. Well, and like Goldeneye, it was about like the EMP satellite and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but it was like you know Russian bad guys. Yeah, that was still like we were still coming off the Cold War. Zenya on a top. Yeah, we we're still coming off that Cold War hype. So he was like, oh, "This is the outcast of Mother Russia that fell." Yeah. I do, I do really love Goldeneye for like what it's it is for when it was made. It's probably my favorite Bond movie. It's your favorite Bond movie? Mm-hmm. Interesting. It part of it because it's good, but also part of it, it just captured me at the right moment in my childhood. Yeah. Where the video game came out, yeah. and so I remember playing like into the wee hours of the morning, with my buddies yeah. like. That was a great game. Yeah, and so I think it's that one-two punch, like mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, no, totally. It just kind of was like that's it's my favorite. Yeah. That's, I also am a super sucker for Pierce Brosnan because he was that Bond. Yeah, no, he was definitely like the Bond of mm-hmm. our generation. And then also, like, he's just so like he captures this like zeitgeist of like yeah. if you just imagine James Bond in your head, like that's it. Yeah, I loved Pierce Brosnan because Pierce Brosnan also can go from like charming to he's going to fucking murder this person in like a second, mm-hmm. like acting wise. I wish so, he had been given more better roles or better like, scripts. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because like Goldeneye's really like. Tomorrow Never Dies has moments, mm-hmm. and I like the Michelle Yao is in it. Yeah. Um, and then, but the the uh, next, like the world is not enough. Fucking sucks, and it's got uh, Denise Richards. Denise Richards is a nuclear physicist named Christmas Jones. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Oh my god. Um, and then diamonds. No, it's uh, uh, world's lip- not enough. Um, man, I gotta, I'm gonna look it up. It's got the diamond face guy in it. <laughs> um, I'm just going to Google Pierce Brosnan and James Bond movies. Tomorrow Never Dies. Yep. Is that the one where he is uh, surfing on the... Yes, at the beginning, and he gets captured by North Korea. Yeah, that is <laughs> fucking wild. So yeah, Goldeneye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, Die Another Day. Die Another Day, thank you. That was his last one. That is rough. Pierce Brosnan deserved better because, like, Goldeneye is just super cool, and it gives us like it gives us his Bond range. Every Bond, every guy who's played Bond has had his own range. Yeah, and his was I'm going to be very dry. It's almost like a sarcastic type of thing. Yeah, but if you push me far enough, you get this other yeah, like games like, over like the anger. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't like over the top. And it's like I love when they go into the deeper lore where you see like other double O's and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 006. They come out of the box swinging. There's Alec other Trevelyan. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite Bond Sean villain, Sean Bean. My favorite Bond villain. I love 006. Um, especially because, like, as a kid, I didn't understand why he was doing it, but then, like, watching now as an adult, it's like, oh. Yeah, there's some weird, deep shit about the history of Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Russia's relationship with the UK. Yeah. Um, very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. For England, James? No, Alec. <laughs> For me. <laughs> Fuck, uh, I might watch Goldeneye when I get home. Right? And then you have like one of the best side characters ever in Boris. 
<laughs> that is one of the best James Bond side I love Alan Cumming. Yeah, it is. He's such an asshole in this movie. Alan Cumming in this. <laughs> Alan Cumming in X-Men. <laughs> yeah. Alan Cumming in Romy and Michelle. <laughs> he's great. Alan Cumming in Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> yeah. It's me, white-ass Wally. <laughs> he's fantastic. He's porous. Yeah. That was my buddy's favorite character. Every time we played, like, split-screen Goldeneye, he was always Boris. Yeah. I'm invincible. <laughs> Boris is an asshole. <laughs> Man. Yeah. This gonna be, and I have a good feeling about this next Bond movie. Yeah. Well, Kerry Fukunaga is a fucking, like, stone-cold murderer. He's such a good filmmaker. Yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be really good. I know Daniel Craig's going to go out on a high note. Yeah. This is definitely his last movie. The fact he's even back feels like I'm watching a toxic relationship. It might be whatever. the first Bond to go out on a good movie. I'm hoping yes, because they they had Sean Connery and his corpse out there for which one was that? Diamonds are forever. No, not um, never say never again. Diamonds are forever one. was his last one. No, never say never again was after that, wasn't it? Uh, I have the list up right but now. But it was unofficial. It's a non-Eon bond. Ah, uh, so that's why it's not included. So yes, you are 100 percent correct. Because yeah. in canon, we go from you only live twice, which was 67. I love you only live twice. Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which was the different Bond. Lazenby, yeah. 69. And then Sean Connery comes back. Him and his corpse is wheeled back out for Diamonds Are Forever. He's not that old or that bad in Diamonds Are Forever. Never Seen Ever Again is the one where he's a... Because it was like 1981 Yeah, or it was rough. He was like... <laughs> he is an elderly man. He was a senior citizen out there <laughs> clicking skulls and banging chicks. Yeah. Like, it was really strange. But that and like Roger Moore had a view to a kill, which was awful. He was... Oh wait, no, yeah, you're right. Hold on. Yeah, there's a there's a weird. Okay, they do count it in this line. Wow, never seen ever again. 1983, same year as Octopussy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Octopussy to, sucks too. View to a Kill is 85. James Bond movies now. Yeah, Roger Moore has one good movie, and it's not even that good. Uh, Live and Let Die. One of the best like opening songs though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Yeah. License to Kill. I still think the best Bond song is uh, Living Daylights by Aha. That's yeah. That's such an interesting one. I love that one. I'm hoping it is. It's a banger. Yeah. And so that's it. 2021. No time to die. I'm excited. Me too. It's gonna be a lot of fun. That trailer was dope. Also, it was like one of the first trailers I saw back in a the theater, so I might have been a little biased, but it was fun. Um, let's see. Anything else? It's kind of a short hangout one. Did you want to talk about New Mutants? Oh, that's right. You saw New Mutants. <laughs> I saw New Mutants. I didn't think now, it was that bad. Audience member. Do you know the story of New Mutants? No idea. Okay. So New Mutants is a movie that's going to be set in the X-Men universe. It was started filming... Like five years ago. Five or six years ago they started <laughs> filming this movie. And they wrapped it like a long time ago. Like Maisie Williams is still a child in this movie. She is now like 21. Um, And it's been stuck in production hell ever since. It keeps getting canceled. It keeps getting re-edited. It keeps getting like pushed back. It keeps getting... like all this crazy shit mm -hmm. and it's finally coming out like this weird Frankenstein monster of an <laughs> X-Men movie six years later like Maisie Williams is like I swear she's like 16 in this movie she's like 22 now yeah like bonkers Jackson finally saw it I don't think it was that bad that's good like I heard it was like a shit show and it's not good but like I, I kind of had fun with it you know what it really reminded me of was like Nightmare on Elm Street 3 <laughs> Because it has a lot of like horror. Dream Warriors. It has a lot of horror elements. Dream Warriors is the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Don't at me. <laughs> you don't have Twitter. Nobody can at you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, it's a at why do you like this podcast? 
Yeah, I don't want all that hate he's gonna get now. Hey. No. No, it's fine. It's actually it is a fun one. Well, it'll it's only be hate fun. from like people with bad opinions. Snyder Bros. Because if you see every Nightmare on Elm Street movie and you don't see that that's the best one, like, don't watch movies. Damn. <laughs> Hang it up. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, but like in the first one, it's young Johnny Depp. Yeah, but he's bad in it. Yeah, he's young. <laughs> the first one's like fine because it's a neat idea. The yeah. whole dream demon thing. He's rocking the middle crop top. Gets but pulled into the bed. His blood gets shot on the wall. That's a good moment. Yeah. Um, but they make the most with the concept in the third one. It's true. You know what Freddy is, right? Nightmare on Elm Street. I haven't seen it. Okay. I know about it. Okay, great. That's what we're watching today. <laughs> we can't. Kim still has it. Just watch part three. Yes, but uh, yeah, you gotta watch Nightmare on Elm Street. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Okay. So where were we? Oh, New Mutants. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so it I'm starts a with host. a really bad voiceover about <laughs> the main character Danny Moonstar telling us how we all have two bears in us. What? No, yeah. I barely have room for one bear. One bear that is all things good. One bear that is all things bad. Why did it have to be a bear? Which bear wins? Because there's a whole thing with a demon bear. Son of a bitch. Yeah. No, if anybody's read uh, the New Mutant stuff, the Bill Sienkiewicz, like, they, they do a pretty solid adaption of that first run with the oh. demon bear. Um, so I'm just like, I want a bear that's, like, a demon. So it, people. it starts with uh, this, Make like, work. big disaster on her reservation where she lives, um, and you don't really know what's going on. Her dad dies. Everybody else in the reservation dies. Well, it's, like, drop dead or, like, brutally murdered? Brutally murdered. Okay. But you think it's, like, maybe a tornado or, like, something's going on? Like a knife tornado? Yes. Slice everybody up. <laughs> and then at the and then she wakes up and she's in this like weird institution. And there's yeah. they drop a lot of clues that it's related to Mr. Sinister, but you never see Mr. Sinister in the movie. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And now we'll never know because they're never gonna make a sequel. No, this they're one. Never gonna follow up on it. Um, they just put this one out to like die. Yeah. But she wakes up and she's in this like institution with this doctor that says she like wants to help and talks about how new mutants are the most dangerous because they can't control their powers. Mm. It's like baby rattlesnakes, all mm. this shit. Um and there's like other kids there. There's um, Arya Stark, who, Williams. who is a Wolfsbane from the comic books. She's a mutant who's basically a werewolf. Like that's her mutant power. Oh, that's fun. Um, there's Sunspot. There's Cannonball, who's uh, the older brother, the weird brother from Stranger Things. Dude, they like pulled but all like doing, the, the it's also, actors that were like four it's years a, ago. It's a super fun, like weird cavalcade of cartoon accents because like he's doing a Kentucky accent, and uh, Anya Taylor Joy from like The Witch uh, is uh, Ileana Rasputin, Colossus's little sister. What? Magic. She's doing this crazy Russian accent. That's nuts. Yeah, uh, Arya Stark is doing a Scottish accent for her. But so the, basically the plot of the movie is all these kids are like mutants who can't control their powers who have like dark shit that's happened to them mm. because of them. Oh, so like they burned my house down. They he burned up his girlfriend. Oh, no! Because he got too like turned He got on. too excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> got too hot. Was and it, like was... Sam Guthrie cannonball like his powers he like blasts off. Oh no, did it happen during sex too? No, it happened when he was working in a coal mine for his dad. And what? he caused a cave in and killed everybody. That's worse! Yeah. <laughs> Do you want another truly? It should happen during sex though, because he calls it blasting. 
Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. She's content. As long as my audience member's content. Yeah. Okay, so... And, like, Danny Moonstar, like, her whole reservation died, and Ileana Rasputin, there's all this stuff about, like, human trafficking, and Jesus. she, like, killed everybody. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's like, it should have been an R-rated movie, and they could have taken the horror stuff to a more extreme place, but basically, like, the thrust of this is Danny's power is she brings people's nightmares to life. But she doesn't know that. So while she's asleep, she's, like, bringing everybody's, like, deep, dark shit that they're dealing with to, like, flesh and blood life. Oh, shit. And they're locked in this institution. They have to deal with it. And, like, she doesn't know it's her? Yeah. She doesn't realize what's going on until the end. Interesting. And then the demon bear is her nightmare. Yeah. And they have to all fight this, like, literalized... It very much is Friday the third or Friday the third, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three. Yeah, yeah, very much. And it would have been more so if they went for the R rating and like really so went just with done it. it. So apparently the filmmaker like wrote an R rated movie that was very much like a horror X Men movie. And that's what stu- it was pitched as. That's yeah, and the excited. studio was like, "Cool, make it." And then you like they were about to make it, and they were like, "No, no, 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 not like this. Uh, <laughs> more like you know a teen drama because this is the guy that made Fault in Our Stars." Um, God damn it. See, when studios get in the way of, like, an actual, like, idea, it always goes bad. And Fox is the worst with it. Yeah. I'm glad they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Sony's the next one. Then I Sony. But as long as they're the ones getting most of the Spider-Man money, they'll be fine. That's true. Let's keep it that way. Marvel, you don't need the money, you're fine. Yeah. Um, you got that but yeah, money. so, like, it wasn't good. You could definitely see the seams of it, but I kind of liked it. And I thought the kids were mostly great and engaging. Huh. I love Aunt Anya Taylor-Joy. It's like a fun little She's like, got rental. Crazy thing. eyes. So it's like a fun little rental. Yeah. You know, you don't want to like buy it, own it, but like you rent it, and you go, oh, yeah, I enjoyed watching it. I would watch it again. Oh, okay. Um, I had a good time with it. It's good. And I got to go see it at the theater. You're probably biased. It's your second time back. It was free again. You had the second. Because I have all those credits saved up from the seven months of. <laughs> you have the second layer of dusty snacks to go through now. <laughs> I got some popcorn. It was great. Is it fresh? Freshly popped corn. Better than our steel candy. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> we just like they're like they totally just flung the gates back open. They like took a duster over the candy and they're like, all right, open her back up. Yeah, but it was great. I don't know what I'm gonna see next weekend. What's out? I don't know. Whatever they're showing. I see what's out right now. I'll go see anything. I know they're gonna start showing some uh, horror movies as we get closer to Halloween. They're showing like the original Nightmare on Elm Street. They're showing The Exorcist. What's in theaters? No. God, I love the internet. What would we do without this? Mm -hmm. We went and saw Tenet. Did a whole podcast about it. So they're showing... One audience member has never even watched it. They're showing Beetlejuice. They're showing Unhinged, that Russell Crowe movie. They're showing Coco. They're showing Hocus Pocus. You can watch Honest Thief. (laughs) Yeah. They're showing Alita Battle Angel. (laughs) What is the... They're showing Total Recall. We gotta go watch that now. What is The War with Grandpa? Oh, on Tuesday the 13th and Tuesday the 27th. They're oh, showing no. Total Recall. There's a movie called The War with Grandpa that stars... With Robert De Niro. His, Robert De Niro's corpse and some bratty child. They're showing uh, the animated Akira. Which oh, is dope. There's not a lot out right now, um, which is fair. I might go see Beetlejuice if they're still showing Beetlejuice. <laughs> you might as well. I fucking love Beetlejuice. I mean, there's nothing really else that's worth your time. Now that we've watched Tenet. Literally, like, it's New Mutants and Tenet. Unless you want to watch Unhinged. I do kind of want to watch Unhinged. I go watch Unhinged. I won't stop you. You couldn't, if you wanted to. You're right. 
I would just have to listen I'd to it. I'd feed yourself to yourself. Just so everybody knows, uh, Unhinged is Russell Crowe's latest film. I figured as a podcast we should talk about what these movies are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he's doing in this said movie, but it's Russell Crowe. But the uh, weekend of the 24th and 25th, they're showing Nightmare on Elm Street. Next weekend, they're showing Halloween 2018. Mm. I would go see that in the theater again. Oh, here we go. I have the plot for Unhinged, because I know people are concerned. <laughs> <laughs> plot of Unhinged is Rachel's a single mother whose bad day gets even worse when she beeps her horn at a fellow driver during rush hour traffic. We've all been there. After an exchange of words, she soon realizes that the mysterious man is following her. And, and her young son in his truck. The <laughs> you look in the mirror, you're like, oh my god, is that Russell Crowe? Crow? Is he trying to run me off the road? <laughs> he's gained so much weight. <laughs> it's always mad. His eyes look fat. <laughs> <laughs> the initial case of road rage quickly escalates into a full-blown terror as Rachel discovers the psychopath's sinister plan for revenge. You know what I can't wait to see? As a 40% of Metacritic. Is that movie The Fat Man? <gasps> Let's talk about The Fat Man. <laughs> Everybody know what The Fat Man is? It's about a boy who gets a lump of coal for Christmas and then he hires an assassin to kill Santa Claus. Santa Claus is played by Mel Gibson. Stop it! <laughs> nope. I will not stop it because it's too great to be true. It is an... And you know who... What? When is this coming out? 20, it comes out sometime this year. Yeah. It's called Christmas Fat Man. So and it's... He is, Santa is Mel Gibson, who is a mercenary, and people have tried to kill him before, was a line in the film. Um, Walton Goggins, um, the skinny guy from uh, Vice Principals, he plays a hitman that the child who got the coal hires to go kill Santa Claus. I love Walton Goggins. Me too. He was my choice to play Bullseye. Ooh, that'd be fun. He would have been such a good Bullseye. And so we will watch the trailer because you all need to appreciate this trailer because it is fucking wild. It looks great. I said it to Jackson, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yep. And I love the concept. Just a rich, spoiled kid who gets a lump of coal and he's like, well, I'm going to put a head out, hit out on Santa. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't know when it comes out, though. I need to find out. That's absolutely nuts. Here's the exact quick two-sentence plot. Here's the elevator pitch for Fat Man. To save his declining business, Santa Claus is forced into a partnership with the military, but a devious 12-year-old hires a hitman to kill the jolly elf after getting a lump of coal in his stocking. Spectacular. Right? Sold. Yeah. Cannot wait. (laughs) Fat Man. Amazing. Not the, just Fat Man. I think the Fat Man was another film. Um... Anything else? Uh, I don't know. You, you got nothing? I got really nothing. Nothing exciting is really... I think the PlayStation 5 is the most exciting thing that's going to be happening. Mm. So, I'll have that beast under there soon. Cyberpunk, pretty soon. Yes. I love those commercials with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> They're really smart to use them, too. Yeah. It's going to be such a fun game. I'm just going to live my life in there. Yeah. Really excited about it. It's going to be really nerdy nerdy up in this bitch. If you guys thought it was nerdy before up in this bitch, <gasps> you don't know nothing yet. I am going to spend a lot of time playing that game. <laughs> yeah. I have fully, like, Witcher 3, I felt like it was like a, a cult that I kind of didn't get fully into. Like, mm-hmm. I did not let Witcher 3 take me over or played other games. I have fully prepared for Cyberpunk to take me over. I've said my prayers. I've paid my dues. <laughs> I am fully ready to just be, this is all I play now. Wake up, Cyberpunk. Yeah. Any free time? Cyberpunk. This is me now. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's gonna be great. Especially if I can have any sort of a futuristic noir detective moments at all, which mm -hmm. they said there's some. I can't wait for the weird bio surgery, bio tech yeah. surgery. Yeah, I'm like a character. detective, but my eye also spins around and glowing for... tattoos with a Winter Soldier arm. <sighs> Take me now. So people are mad at Cyberpunk, right? Because it's like not PC enough. What does that mean? So you know, in oh, the it's not coming out for the PC. No, I mean like it's not like they have very stereotypical gang roles. Like, the Mexican gang sounds like... Everything sounds like it's from an 80s movie. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's what the aesthetic is. Yes, exactly. But the 80s, if you go back and watch 80s movies, they don't... They aren't PC. No. no. Yeah. And so, it's such an homage to 80s movies. Like, the Mexican gang is very overly Mexican gang. Like, they sound yeah. super cheesy. Well, I mean, you have to go with the pastiche. Exactly. And not... But people can't. It's it's this fine line of like, well, this is rude. And it's like, yeah. well, it's also like a, an extreme... Yeah. Well, those people don't deserve nice things. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to love the hell out of my cyberpunk <laughs> and my cheesy ass '80s gangs. Yeah. Because they're doing it for everybody. Fuck yeah. It's all cheesy and it's all great and it looks like RoboCop and Escape from New York and Blade Runner and Blade Runner and everything that was all '80s and like wonderful for those cheesy action movies all had a baby. Yeah. And I'll walk cyberpunk. Anyways. Yeah. All right. We can end on that. Excitement sure. for cyberpunk. Yeah. Super yeah. excited. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out today. Ashley, thanks for coming. Your parting gifts are under your chair. You got nothing. We are on a budget. There's only one podcast that gets paid, and that goes to bills. So I don't know what you're expecting. Okay. Amazing. I'm going to end on disappointing my only audience member and call it there. Goodbye, everybody.